Hi everyone, welcome to our new podcast series called Musical Discoveries by Sound Society. My name is Claire and I will be your host for today. For our second episode, we have Mr. Jeff Rigglesworth, who is the head of music at Unionville High School. In this episode, Mr. Riggs and I will be discussing the struggles of teaching music online. To start off, Mr. Riggs, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Jeff Rigglesworth. I've, as Claire said, I am the head of music at Unibah High School, and I have been for uh, for 16, this is my 16th year teaching at Unionville, and my 26th year teaching altogether, and my first year teaching mostly online, or at least largely online. So it's kind of new for me, too. Okay, so your first question for today is when... Did you know you wanted to pursue music professionally? I was uh, I was a student, um, as you know, Claire, I was a student at Unionville High School. Um, and, you know, music and I had always, music had always been something that I, I enjoyed and, and, you know, was, was successful at, and it's something I always looked forward to. Um, I didn't really consider it as a profession until the, until the end of high school, <coughs> when, um, you know, when you go through the process of trying to figure out what what exactly am I, what are my next steps, what am I going to be doing, and and it was something that, um, you know, I was lucky enough to have the have the connections and and uh, some great teachers that inspired me to be able to uh, to think about moving on. And so it, w- it wasn't until I was probably I was probably actually eighteen when I when I finally made up my mind. Wow, I. I- before I thought I wasn't in a good career path like I was around 15 or 16 when I decided to want to pursue music so around 18 it made me feel much more better well uh, good I I mean I think largely you know the the push to figure out what you want to do earlier and earlier these days I think I don't I don't think it's healthy I think it, it puts a lot of stress on kids and it 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 inhibits their ability to think about about what their real passions are and sometimes you don't know when you're when you're younger right so in fact i would say most of the time you don't know when you're younger and you need the time to be able to to build those experiences so why did did you want to pursue music and like music education why did you do you want did you want to become a teacher like was there a light that sparked you know there kind of was um i uh I mean, I, I had decided that, okay, music is going to be my thing, but I didn't know what vein I was going to be, you know, what direction I was going to be going within it, other than the fact I knew I would be auditioning for post-secondary programs. Um, there was, I mean, I really, I just, I wanted to play. I loved being on stage, especially with ensembles and uh, whether it's classical or jazz. And uh, so I knew that, that that was going to be in my life somehow. But when I was in my last year of high school, I had the opportunity um, the whole one of one of my music classes, uh, a unit that we did was to go to one of our elementary feeder schools and for each of us to be able to coach a small ensemble. It literally was probably maybe three classes that I had. Like it wasn't months and months worth of time, but but it gave. It was the first time I had the opportunity to actually sit down and work with people that were younger than me, and um, you know I was able to relay some experiences and and I was I was actually able to help and that right that that's a neat that's a neat experience that that first experience you get when it's like oh I I recommended something and it got better because of it and the kids got more confident and they had a good time through the process so that that a little bit of a light did go off about the fact that um 
you know, this uh, education could be something or would be something that I would be interested in. Yeah. So normally in my flute lessons, um, I would have like wow moment because I, I like I can I can say to myself I did it I finished this piece it was yeah that that would that's literally the best feeling ever. It is okay. Yeah. So if you can pursue a prof- profession other than music, what would it be? I've been doing this for so long I don't know to be honest with you, Claire. Oh. If I was if I was a profession other than music, music I I think I would would likely be an education somewhere probably to be honest with you probably in administration somewhere uh, educationally oh. speaking um like principal yeah my um oh. but my i know uh my <laughs> my love of the music classroom and the interaction and the daily collaboration mm-hmm. and the fact that we get to know our kids really well yeah. over a long period of time um is what has literally what has kept me in the classroom if my second choice of major i'm as you may know i will i will be auditioning for multiple universities next year mm-hmm. so if i ha- i were to have a backup major it will be neither computer science or mechanical engineering i know these two are music and stem are very two completely different things but i love them well they you, they are completely different things if you only look at the product mm-hmm. right but if you look at uh, what music in the arts teach mm-hmm. you and the skills that you need in STEM. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even for something as detailed as, as chemical engineering, you the arts provides actually is one of the quickest way. Music is one of the quickest ways to be able to build those skills that you need. So it's not um, always just the end product. Early on, on in the year, um, I did a research, product, research project about music education and its effects on the brain. And I quickly learned that it has multiple like cognitive effects that can be applied to other fields like business, um, engineering, STEM, etc. Like can branch out to other different fields of study, which I feel like music is very versatile in its way. I agree. So how is teaching at an arts program like? It's great. It's, it's an added layer of you know we get we get interested interested students with with varying experience you know as they come in in grade nine but uh they're often unified in their goal to be involved in an intensive arts program Mm -hmm. uh, and to love to perform and to love to explore and to create things Mm -hmm. so that that's kind of the the daily stuff that i'm surrounded by is as part of a, an auditioned arts program is great because I, I get to I get to play really I get to work on really difficult repertoire uh, we get to perform a lot um, and we get to really develop the role that music plays within our school community and the greater community as well mm-hmm. uh, you know as as every um, music program does um, and we get to we get to thrive on that uh, an arts program, with the, the pros that I just outlined, you know, the other side of it is uh, there's there's added politics behind it. There's added organization <laughs> behind it. Um, there's other layers of, of, of stuff that's that sometimes, if I'm not careful, takes takes me away from the music a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pros certainly outweigh the cons, you know. And, and the big thing with Unionville is we have our auditioned program. But we also have a regular, what we call a mainstream or a core program, which would be the same type of program that's offered in any high school. So the um, 
you know, the goal for me is to be able to support the arts program and what it offers and, and, and the level of, of intensity that the kids are looking for, but at the same time, um, support and develop our core program so that every student has the ability to experience music and what it has to offer and what it can do for them as well. So it, it's, a, it's a challenge, but it's a good one. I think the greatest opportunities about this program is seeing each individual like improve like when I was in grade nine, I was just terrible. Like I've, I had no words to describe how bad I was. But over the years, I've developed um, more musical expression and my technical discipline too. So, and I've seen my other peers like improve as well. It's just very enlightening. Like I feel like the Arts Unionville kids are just a quote unquote family. Like we sit around in music hall gag and but at the end of the day we're we're like a family-ish yeah yeah like the, and i think around, what you, yeah what you just described is makes me feel that it's working right you know mm -hmm. your your feeling of of camaraderie with your peers and your support of your peers and you're recognizing your peers hard work and what they're able to accomplish and and i think that 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 means that it's all it's it's working as it should as as any music program should, whether it's an intensive arts program, whether it's a really small core program, whether it's performance-based or creative-based or theory-based or listening or any combination of those things, you know, hopefully um, kids will experience the kind of things you're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like it has a very, like a very emotional impact on one. It's one one well-being and I can see very big effects of music which leads me to my next point I know music has been very influential in my life but how has it been influential in yours it's it's all encompassing for me mm -hmm. you know it, it's um my my wife is a musician my my daughter is studying to be a musician my son um, is also in the arts and, mm -hmm. and is very musical. Um, you know, it's so we're kind of we're surrounded by music. It's, it's something that I, I try not to take for granted, but I kind of do take for granted because it's it's on my mind literally every day, you know, and and the, and the decisions I make professionally and often at home and the things that I hear and the things that I do. Um, you know, are surrounded by or often influenced by by music. And, and largely not just from a, oh, what's our next performance? What's our next concert we're going to or taking part in? Um, from from the role that that music can play, as we've been talking about, in, in just the development of of kids and development of relationships and, and stuff. And I, I mean, I was lucky to, to go to Unionville as a student and, and to be able to learn that from a young age and to be able to experience that from a young age. Mm -hmm. And uh, although I couldn't, I'd, at the time, I probably couldn't really articulate it, right? Uh, you need some time to be able to see how your experiences uh, influence you more and more as you get older. So um, I, I do feel very lucky that way. Yeah. Never take music for granted. I wish that my family and my entire family was more musicians or like are musicians, but no, they're not. Like whenever I have a question about music, I, I have to text my teacher to actually like, learn how to do it so this concludes the get to know points or like the short biography to get to know mr riggs better now we can move on to questions about 
struggles of teaching music online. So what are some struggles of teaching music online? Online teaching is a struggle, but, you know, when we look at the struggles that our community, you know, both large and small are going through, um, you know, we really, I really honestly believe we have to keep keep the positive things in mind. And so that while the online teaching of music is very, very different, the fact that we still get to get together and talk about music and create music and and listen to music and and stuff uh, is is still it's a joy. It's still a joy every day. We're we're still we're still working to um, maintain the relationships that you talked about and in our interaction and collaboration with our peers, um, the challenge is online is the fact that it's all online. I feel like it will be a big challenge going from like fully online and talking to a screen to like seeing people without masks and playing hopefully. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I don't, I I welcome that challenge. I don't, um, we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know how long it's going to take to come back. We don't know what phases we're going to go through uh, just yet, but I I welcome the day to be able to, at whatever level uh, I'm able to, to get back into working with people in person. Yeah. Okay. So what's your funniest online teaching memory so far? I, I don't know if I have a single one. I, I like, you know, whether you're on a Google Meet or Teams or, or a Zoom call or whatever we're on and, and you know, we're, we're used to reading the chats and, and, you know, my introduction as we listen to music, as we come in and, and everybody logs on and, you know, whether it's a joke that we're saying or we're trading around or something and or a conversation I'm having or, or whatnot, I'm, uh, you know, uh, just just the interaction the online interaction um i find is i find is fun you know yeah. uh, i really do uh it, it reminds me of of you know the interaction within within the music room as as kids are coming in and getting set up it, it that that's that's what it's kind of like uh i'm getting better at 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 learning the lingo uh the kids are using in the chat i'm 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 starting to be able to figure things out a little more I will always be behind. <laughs> I'll never be totally at the forefront of that, but but that that's a good that provides people with a good chuckle. Um, and uh, so I, I don't I don't have a, a a one a single favorite thing, but I do I I, I enjoy that um, communication. You know, whether I'm teaching from home or teaching in an empty classroom at the school, I I enjoy that 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 communicative part as people come in at the beginning of a class before we really get down to the important stuff for the day yeah yeah i wonder how people are going to talk like texting lols in the chat how will we communicate after yeah i i it does worry me a little bit how we're going to, um how we're gonna are we gonna remember how to actually speak to people i don't know <laughs> Okay, so your last last question for this section is how did COVID impact your job as a teacher? It could be positive or negative. I've been, um, you know, when all when all is said and done, Claire, I think as I said a, a few minutes ago about uh, the real effects, like the real serious influences that this whole year has had on on everything. On, on every on every every part of our community and society around the world, it, it's 
you know, I, I consider myself very, very lucky. I'm still employed. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, and so that has been seamless. It's been work uh, and it is it continues to be work. But but my work has not been uh, affected negatively. Right. My my employment has not been infect, affected negatively. Um, my ability to still interact with my peers and my students has not been affected. I mean, other than the whole online challenge. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, I, I've I constantly try to remind myself that, um, yeah, it might be hard right now, but, you know, it, one of the, as I said, one of the things you learn about being a musician or, you know, one of the skills you develop is is the ability to be diverse and to be active problem solvers and be proactive people and you know um you know uh whether it's consistently finding the positive in things and boy that's that's been a challenge this year at times but you know there's always there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and there's always something to be able to come away from that with so i, I feel very lucky that i've still been able to do what i've been able to do throughout this because um, a lot of people around us haven't been able to to be that lucky amazing you, I feel like you and Mr. Beckwith are very proud each and every day, no matter like what you're going through. You have a big smile on your face, even though you seem frustrated on the inside, which is a very good thing. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. Well, you know what it's like um, in a class when you know your teacher's in a bad mood? Yeah. Do you learn anything? Not as yeah. much? Are we worried, right? So in a rehearsal, can or a coach, if your coach is really angry, or, or do you feel like you can really jump in and and take a risk? Or in a rehearsal situation, you know, we we need to be honest with ourselves. We need to show our emotion, but we we always, you know, you have to have that positive side of things, or the day can get really long. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now for the speed round questions, are you ready to there to get to know you better? Okay. okay. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Who's your favorite conductor? My favorite conductor. I don't know if I have one. Okay. Can I be honest? I mean, um, people that I've seen, uh, you know, like you see so many videos online and there's some great conducting and some real, like, you know, I, I don't understand what they're doing conducting. Um, uh, Simon Rattle is a fantastic conductor. I think mm -hmm. I've been lucky enough to see him in, in you know, live um, with the Berlin Philharmonic. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I, there's there's so much. I think every conductor I see from from you know the elementary school teacher down the road right up to the professionals that, that come through the city with various orchestras that are on tour. Um, you know, I I learn something different every time I see a new conductor. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, so I can't, I can't honestly tell you that I have a, a favorite, uh, Valery Gergiev. Um, we've, I've seen him a couple times, uh, as he's come through Toronto and is, is such a, a bizarre approach, but boy, the, the response he gets from his orchestra is outstanding. Um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's some, there's some great ones. Yeah. I would say my favorite conductor is neither you or Simon, Sir Simon Rattle. I watch a lot of Berlin Philharmonic Berlin because Phil, yeah. because Emmanuel Papu plays in it. I think, mm -hmm. yeah. So I like to watch a lot of orchestras, and his conducting is 
I feel like it, it kind of amazes me because every single conductor is different. Like your conductor is different from a Mr. Beckwith's conductor to others, right? Mm-hmm. So it's different. It's very different to see other conductors conduct. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show. Oh my goodness. Uh, wow. Uh, when I look at, um, when I try to go on Netflix or something and try to decide what to watch, it's like it's like shopping on Amazon. I have a, I have such a hard time <laughs> deciding, you know. Um, so and obviously, you know, with with the pandemic and everything, I've I've watched more TV than I normally do, and I, but I don't even know if I could even tell you, um, what what my favorite is i my favorite old time tv show i was i used to be a big mash fan when i was uh, your age um i was a big cheers fan comedy wise was uh mash or, or cheers were great shows um yes i watched friends uh for years when it was originally out not not you know in uh in whatever uh, streaming heaven it's in right now um you know, uh, current TV shows. I don't. I don't even know uh, what I watch. What am I watching these days? Um, not a lot. Oh my God, this is so hard. Like literally going on to Netflix. I, I, I can't. Like, it's hard for me to pick one because literally there's like zero anime shows on Netflix. So I have to. I like The Office. Does that count? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't, I've seen a little bit of that, but not much, but that's on my list of things to get into at some point. Watch it. And over the over quarantine, I have watched How I Met Your Mother, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Grey's Anatomy, so on and so forth. How I Met Your Mother was very complex. I thought I, I did watch that. I watched a lot of that. I found that was very funny. Um, I was never able to, I have yet to be able to get into Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, that, that's one that I haven't, I never followed at all. Um, but yeah, there's lots out there. I mean, it's good dating advice. <laughs> no, don't, no, no, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it's not. You know, I'm going to be dating. So it's no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, are you night owl or early for I used to be a night owl uh, when I was a uh, university student and just started teaching. I, I, I very much would, would be up very late and, and, and work, um, work very late, practice very late if I could. Um, and slowly but surely, 26 years of this profession has turned me into more of a, an early bird um, simply because, uh, you know, when you get used to being up and at school at 7:30 or earlier every day um and being you know being run off your feet every day whether it's in person or in our online world now um yeah i i can't stay up late anymore even even when i try i can't i can't i just i can't there's a there's a certain time at night where i i cannot function what when's that time where you have to go to sleep when, is that? when i have to go to sleep well i may not i may not go to sleep until until typically eleven or eleven thirty or something like that, but but there certainly is a time 
at night where I have to close the computer. I have to be offline because I just, I can't, I can't, you know, do any more work type thing, you know? Yeah. I, I can't process that anymore. Yeah. I would say I'm a mixture for night hour and early bird. I would say my prime time is around 11 o'clock at night or mm -hmm. five o'clock in the morning because they're both the house is quiet. I can get some work done. Yeah. But I, yeah, I can stay up until like four or five doing work, but that's not healthy. So I try to like make that a, not make that a bad habit. Yeah, good idea. Thank you for tuning into this episode. In the next episode, episode three, we have Jessica Wang and Aaron Yip talking about their experiences with musical theater. Stay tuned for that.